Andres Segovia Show. And welcome to the Andres Segovia Show, everyone. I am your host, yours truly. And in this episode, I got a big announcement to make, and I'm excited to make it. And to make the announcement, I brought someone on that has inside knowledge to help me make that announcement before I bring him on. I wanted to tell you that it's been a crazy September, whereas August was depressing news, September was crazy news, and if you missed my previous episodes, um, I recommend that you basically catch up on those to uh, get up to speed on what's going on because I'll be giving more updates throughout the um, the fall and winter leading up to January about some of the craziness that's going on in our states and in the economy altogether because there's a lot of misinformation out there, and I'm here to set the record straight. And now on our newsmaker line, we have Andres, a blast from the past. Andres, the original host of the Andres Segovia Show. Welcome to the new Andres Segovia Show. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Andres. Hey, thank you for being on the program um, with me today. Because I got a lot of questions to ask you. There's going to be a lot of questions that are going to come up with what we're going to announce a little later. I'll let you do your plug-in in a bit. But before we get there, I, I want to basically do the contrast of who you were versus who you are today. And to that, we got we got to go all the way back, which is why I invited you on the program. So can you explain to the audience uh, who you were back right around the time you started the Andre Segovia show? Well, yeah, thank you. Uh, I know it's a complete deviation of what uh, what the show used to be, but the concept remains the same, right? Um, to be able to educate and, and inform um, people. Well, back then, uh, when I was getting around the time that I was into the show, I was a political activist. So I am an unapologetic uh, conservative Christian, and uh, in that order, by the way, because <laughs> um, I felt that... Uh, I was a minority. Uh, where I was surrounded by the different peers when I was in college. Um, the activist professors would always be um, using their pla- their positions of of like their their classes as their soapboxes, and no one would challenge them. Um, and I got it to this. I got to a point where I was so fed up that I finally, in a way, snapped and started basically challenging the professors because they were really uh, undeterred from what they had to do. And some professors uh, wised up to it and, and respected me for standing up for, for my beliefs and challenging them, not just taking the status quo, as they would say. I guess I was challenging authority or questioning authority and such. And because I was practicing what they were preaching, they basically uh, allowed me that and they said that they appreciated it. Where there were the other half of the professors that did not appreciate that, they did not want to be challenged, and they threatened to basically dock down my grades for it. Yeah, you know. That's the thing that a lot of people hear about that, but they never actually see it happen. And the fact that you're mentioning that is there's things that other students at the time were also bringing up to light because there were activist professors that wanted to silence dissenting opinions because it was what they said went. And if you didn't agree, something was wrong with you. Yeah, yeah. And I, I see that happening a lot today where it's assumed that if you have a different opinion 
from the the mainstream press or the social justice warriors that you would be mentally ill. Yeah, and meanwhile, they're the ones that tell you that they want to have a dialogue, right? Oh my goodness, yes, I know. Like that that Ted Cruz and Alyssa Milano live stream that she was trying to basically do a gotcha on Ted Cruz and it completely backfired on her. Yeah, that's exactly that kind of thing. Well, yeah, for those of you just joining us, I have a blast from the past, the original host of the Andres Segovia show, Andres himself, on the program, and we're talking about uh, what inspired him to do the show. But before we continue, for those of you that think that this conversation is getting a little political, that's because, in a way, it is. Because that's how he started way back when, as a bit of a political activist. And I hope you don't mind, Andres, but I got a dog barking in the back, and as many times I told to be quiet uh, she just continues to bark hey don't mind me you probably hear all that road noise in the background right so it's, it's okay it's a long as not anybody so I want to continue this isn't a political discussion that we want to have but you were a political activist and that is basically the heart of what the show used to be uh, am I correct in that assessment well yeah absolutely because I learned that um, my immediate social circle around me was not interested in politics at all, but they were the first to complain whenever anything happened in the world of politics, and they were completely uneducated. And whenever there was an election cycle, it was even more frustrating because they didn't know what to do. They like, oh, I don't know who to vote for. And in, in some cases, believe it or not, in some cases, they didn't even know um, who the vice president or any members of power were, besides the president, obviously. And that concerned me, so that inspired me to do um, the Andres Segovia Show newsletter uh, uh, to to basically educate people. And um, I didn't ask for sign-ups, I basically just forced it onto my friends through email. But back then, people welcomed email, unlike today where there's a lot of spam, right? So uh, I started as a newsletter, which ended up growing over time as technology evolved, which ultimately became a blog, and eventually Twitter got into the game, so it was born, so I was able to use Twitter and podcasts. Podcasting was a thing that I that I was able to do. I just didn't have the platform that you do today uh, to be able to get my podcast out to uh, more ears. Well, that's true. But as I understand it, your newsletter was able to reach uh, an international audience. Yes, exactly. Um, I had readers all over the world. It was fantastic, and. I had viewers in Central America, obviously because of my family, but uh, they were tuning in, they were sharing it with their friends. I had readers in the Middle East, believe it or not. I had Europeans tuning in. I, I also had uh, um, people in, in Far East Asia, um, outside of China for the most part, but there, were, there was uh, some Southern Chinese uh, regions that were able to pick things up besides Hong Kong, and it, it was really fascinating to see how much traffic um, I was generating, and as soon as I was able to launch my blog, um, I was able to get more analytics to find out where all the, all my readers were coming from and just to see the colors on the map to show me the traffic being driven here uh, to my site was a, was a wonder to behold. Yeah, congratulations for that. I mean, that must have been super exciting. But at the same time, uh, you weren't just doing the Andres Segovia show, correct? No, absolutely not. Because if I did politics alone, I would have lost my mind. So I ended up doing um, the Corner. The Critic Corner was my movie review newsletter at the same time, which was even more popular than my politics because many people don't want to talk about politics, right? But everybody loved the movie, and they, everybody was really tuning into that, and they loved it, and the Critic Corner grew a lot faster than the Andrew Segovia show, and I, I just phased it out because I was getting a little tired of devoting so much time to Hollywood that was really uh, grinding my gears, <laughs> if you will. But what I was enjoying was being able to connect with with uh, uh, 
crew members of film instead of like the, the the front side of the camera where it's the stars right most people like the stars i'm not one of those i prefer the media aesthetics the things that go behind it to make the magic so being able to connect with directors producers and film composers was uh was just a fun ride for me and warner brothers was one of the uh, the most supportive of studios to me where they invited me to a uh, different press uh, events and my favorite which i thank him forever is that they invited me to a private screening of the dark knight with Heath ledger and christian bell um before it it, it came out worldwide and that was something that i'll never forget i'll treasure it forever and i thank warner brothers for that moment's occasion yes absolutely for us batman fans that was a big deal and i'm jealous that you got to enjoy uh, that out there okay uh, well you ended up retiring the Critic Corps, though. and around the same time, the the Andres Segovia show evolved. Can you explain the change in the programming, including the name? Well, yes, because uh, I was getting a lot busier. I had graduated from university uh, by then, and I was getting a lot busier in business, looking, uh, assuming higher positions in the in, in the family uh, companies. And as I started you know, taking up more time there and also falling in love and, and looking at marriage down the line, I, I wasn't as politically active as I used to be, and I couldn't contribute the, um, the thought-provoking um, pieces and recordings that I would cast or as write-ups as opinion editorials on my, my website. And because I couldn't devote things to that, I always highlighted headline news and my headline news was turning into a literal newsreel where I'm just talking about, where I'm just sharing the headlines but not really diving into in-depth analysis. So when I thought it was a newsreel, my Twitter became that, a newsreel, just sharing headlines, I'm like, well, that's exactly it. It's a newsreel. So that's what the name came, um, but as a byproduct of that, I was able to spread my time around and expand a little bit on the canvas. Like, you know how some newspapers have different sections. They, they'll have the, the, the culture section, the, the business section, the tech section, sports section, and all that. But the, with the, um, the newsreel, I felt I had the ability to do that, and that's why I was able to, in some way, still continue the career corner somewhat, um, just not as thorough as before. And also, I was able to launch um, the soundtrack corner, which is something that I always wanted to do. And ultimately, the tech corner, that's what got me noticed on YouTube and how I was able to amass one million views. That is an awesome story right there, the, the, what you ended up accomplishing with YouTube. And that came about because you didn't have the time to do the Andrew Segovia show anymore, which is pretty impressive. So you did that for about a decade until... Uh, I took over and decided that, you know what, uh, this whole thing is not going to work out anymore as a pro bono thing because I was, you were, li were literally doing this for free, right? So when the idea of a relaunch came and it required a sizable investment and planning and coordination um, and, and when we finally launched it, uh, it, it felt like a passing of the torch and uh, the end of an era, but also um, it was a rebirth. You know, a, a renewed focus because um, for the Andres Segovia show, and by extension, off the record, which is uh, rolling out to to those that are, are are very slowly being invited onto the program. Now that we got the website running in the background, uh, it's really cool to see how all those ideas that you did for about um, 16 years have come to fruition. 
but the face of this is real estate tech and life because the, the the principles of what you started with remain because now instead of arguing with people over ideas now it's taking what we know to be true and trying to benefit people and helping them succeed in life and motivate them and coach them along the way. Well, yeah, that's exactly it. And in the world of politics, that's really hard to do. But what you've been able to achieve so far in a very short time um, for, for you renewed focus on the podcast and the website and every social media outlet that you're in has been really impressive to, to see it all come about. And I gotta admit, I'm jealous, but uh, that that is the the beauty of technology and also the sizable financial aspect that you put it. But I am no way taking for granted all the legwork that you did because if you didn't lay the groundwork, this never would have happened. Okay, I'll take that. Thank you very much. So we talked about uh, why you're a political activist. Um, we talked about how that led you into doing the show and how the show morphed and uh, sort of how it's evolved to be for for what we're doing now so um tell us uh that special announcement that you came on the show to plug in well i wanted to announce the official official collection of the transcripts of the original andres and grover show from 2006 so it's three years worth of events that are covered here in the book the andres and grover show transcripts of the early days and just so excited to finally make it available because it's so it's a book that's been in the works for so long there's so much uh blood sweat and tears that are poured over this quite literally and just to see it now available i'm just so excited to announce it and i'm, I'm hoping that people can see the, the the long road that it took to get to where the show is now um and i'm unapologetic in my politics but uh, i also understand that it's speaking to a different time but the collection is still a history book to show basically um how much things haven't changed really uh, there's of course there's always things that have changed over time but what hasn't changed are how how people are still divided over politics if anything it's, it's even nastier today which is very sad to see yes yes it is um i mean i have seen it for myself and how crazy it has been um, during the Trump administration. But uh, you also went through a lot of craziness in college, and that was under Bush. Yeah, oh my goodness. I, I can't even explain to you how people were picking fights. Like, I wasn't wearing I'm a conservative Christian on my sleeve, and I wasn't looking for fights. The fights just came to me. Like, I remember I was taking World Cinema class over a summer, and one of our projects was to see old-timey movies. And the, the Cal State University Fullerton Library um, had those movies for rent in a sound room, but these were laser discs, those really big DVDs, and uh, first come, first serve. And I happened to be that day to be the first one to get uh, Citizen Kane. So I, I got Citizen Kane, I went to the sound room, and I was getting the movie going. I was thinking about three to five minutes into it, shortly after the credits, and someone knocked on the door, and it happened to be a classmate of mine. And I didn't know him, but I, I recognized him from the class, and he asked me if he could sit on in with me um, for for the movie, because I had the only copy. And I thought, oh yeah, by all means, pull up a chair, I told him. So he sat next to me. Well, I restarted the movie, I said, that's no problem. He introduced himself, I introduced myself. We sat down, the movie got going, and as the credits began, he asked me like this, so are you a Republican? Or a Democrat? You're kidding. He, that's, after he introduced himself, that's the first question he came up with? Yes, and how awkward is that? I'm in a freaking sound room. 
there is no personal space here. There's nowhere to run, so to speak. And this is like, what, a three-hour movie or whatever it is. And he's looking at me with those eyes like, you better not say Republican. And I'm looking at him like, I'm Republican. And he just like looked at me, kind of cocked his head back, crossed his arms, and he's like, oh. And he just faced the TV. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, what the heck, dude? Like, are you for real? Oh, man, that, that, that was hilarious. But uh, long story short, regarding that, he and I were laughing throughout the movie. We connected very well because of our love of cinema. Well, we got along very well. But that was, like, the only time we ever really spoken and connected. But we had, like, that mutual respect. We were like, hey, man, what's up? And that, that was about it. We never crossed paths outside class again. But uh, at least there was no animosity because of our politics there. He wasn't going around trying to pick a fight. Uh, I wish I could say the same about uh, the time I was assaulted outside of a borders. You remember borders, right? It was like Barnes and Noble. Um, I was assaulted outside of that uh, by a guy in a vehicle um, that uh, that had issues with me supporting Bush. He just literally just came up and started yelling profanities at me and calling me things and. Uh, because of that, uh, my, my, when I had told my mom, um, eventually one day I go to my car and I see that my bumper sticker's gone. <laughs> my mom had come to my car sticking my bumper sticker because it, it, it freaked her out, you know? Yeah, and that's what's really sad that uh, we're supposed to be um, brought together with our differences and be able to have civil discussions. And, and for the most part, when what I've seen, conservatives are usually the ones making the invitation. And when uh, leftists or progressives are saying they want to have a conversation, normally all they're saying is, we want to ridicule you and belittle you and show how evil you are because you don't believe the way we do. Um, but I would love to see more progressives stand up and say, you know what, let's have a meeting of the minds. Uh, you're no less of a person than I am and we can't have a civil discussion and hopefully we can get that going. Yeah, you know, I've been dreaming about that someday, but for a long, long time, and my professor that was an anti-Iraq war activist, uh, she really brought up a lot of different things while we were in class, but I had told her, like, you know, I find it interesting that America, as a story, as a aspiring historian that I, that I, that I was and am, um, I told her, I see ourselves entering another period of turmoil that could lead to a, a second civil war. And what I've seen lately in politics, uh, especially under the Trump administration, uh, how divided the country has become, not because of Trump, but because of how desperate the other side has become in trying to uh, make him an illegitimate president or trying to remove him or the mere threat of him being able to serve another four years. Uh, is what's really divided this country where the country just fed up with it, you know? Late night talk shows, you can't escape it. Movies are trying, they squeeze it every time they can to throw it back in your face when movies are supposed to be our escapism. Um, books, my goodness, magazines, newspapers, it, wherever they're left over, right? And there's just nowhere for you to be able to escape this. Uh, and you can't freely talk politics without someone getting triggered, which is an unfortunate thing because uh, you kind of have to like watch your shoulder now, you know, especially if you live in a, in a more blue state in red state but it's just a very sad thing to see what, what is happening with extreme groups on either side uh, clashing a lot more often uh, than they used to be but uh, hopefully things will, will die down and we'll come together as Americans that's my hope and prayer um, and we'll, we'll see where things end up uh, yeah I definitely share your sentiment Andres and that's uh, really why I, I wanted to bring on the show to for people to understand a lot more about uh, where you come from and all this and what you've been able to the insight that you were able to provide with the Andres Segovia show. 
and for you to also see what your show has become your baby has grown into this and it's just a beautiful thing I, I thank you for the advanced copy of your book uh, being able to read it took me all the way back and like my goodness it's just a, a lot of stuff you know a lot of stuff from way 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 back when and uh, um, I really appreciated that trip down memory lane and I and I, I appreciate the biography you put at the beginning of it so people can learn more as to what really inspired you to do that uh, because the show isn't that anymore um, but of course this is off the record segment where we invite people to have these conversations with us um, because uh, it's it's a, a good thing to have a dialogue of sorts so we can uh, learn from one another right well yeah absolutely um, and I and I really uh, applaud you for what you been able to do with the show and where it's come and uh, what it's in, what, how many people it's already helped uh, in such a short time so it's really cool to see those results yep definitely and uh, where can people uh, find your book my book is available in print only on amazon.com uh, for now it's on amazon.com and it's, uh, it'll ship worldwide because it's on every amazon throughout the world which is really awesome so go ahead, check it out. The Younger to Grow of the Show, Transcript of the Early Days by yours truly, is available. And um, uh, it's, I don't intend to do a Kindle version of this one on purpose, but what I am intending is to be able to see this book at bookshelves um, eventually, like at Barnes & Noble and other uh, retailers, because uh, I'm trying to strike a deal to get it more widely available. Now, that would be exciting. I would love to see that book sitting there, because I believe your, your illustrator for this book just did such an excellent job in in just doing a, just an eye-catching book you know that's just really really cool well andres thank you so much for letting us borrow some of your time i know you're still driving so drive to wherever you're going safely um and uh if ever we have another need for a conversation like this i would love to have you back on the program. and i would love to be on your show my show right Oh, that's really, really cool. So thank you so much for having me on. That was Andres from the Andres Segovia Show uh, from the past, uh, joining us here on the Andres Segovia Show. And that does it for this episode. So for those of you that are interested in learning more about his book, go to Amazon.com. The Andres Segovia Show, Transcript for the Early Days. And if you want to follow me on all the socials, you can. You can learn where all those things are at www.theandresegovia.com. Links to the book will also be in the show notes accompanying this episode. And your support is appreciated. I know I was having a little fun interviewing myself. It's been a long time coming. And honestly, I had a blast doing this because uh, it's just one of the... uh, better ways for me to interact to get to give you an idea of of just uh, how very different uh, i am now in my approach as i used to be in my younger days when i was considerably more vocal and active in the political world so once again thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the andres segovia show and as always i will see you on the next episode